she's very um, devout and very faithful, uh, very spiritual young lady. She always, she wants to uh, practice meditation, uh, listen to the Dharma, and do all the good work and charity. That's how she likes to live. So anyway, in her spiritual journey, she was thinking, better to become a Buddhist nun. Sometimes people think like that, right? <laughs> okay, well, they have good life. You don't know what it is <laughs> sometimes. So then she was thinking, um, so I want to become a nun. So then she expressed her feeling, uh, what she wants to do to her parents. The parents said, no way. You cannot do that. You are the only daughter we have. That's how my mother said too, when I'm going to become a monk. <laughs> and so anyway, so then parents were kind of against to that. Then she was kind of forget about it for a while. Then parents also forget about it. Then she was asking again. So, no, I want to become a nun. Then parents said, no way, don't talk about it. You have to marry soon. <laughs> That's what parents was, right? So then parents was really, you know, the encouraging her to, you know, to find a husband and find a boy and get settled down. And she doesn't want to do that. She wants to become a nun. But, you know, the parents are very influential. And so... Finally, what they did, they found the, you know, the good man. And finally, she respected the parents, you know, what they believe. She got married. The person she married is a wonderful person. And still, she has that feeling, uh, her intention, she wants to become a nun. So they, you know, live together for a while. And one day, then they understand each other more. And he also very spiritual. And one day she said, you know, I'm thinking I want to become a nun one day. Then this man, he said, okay, if you really want to do that, I'm supporting to you. Now parents are not really, not much engaged. And so husband is very supportive. Um, so then husband gave her permission to go. I think how wonderful, right? You know, find a husband like that. <laughs> and so... Then she um, left home and become a Buddhist nun. Now she is practicing. You know, the, after you know, the few weeks later, she felt she is pregnant. Now she is a Buddhist nun. So now she is in trouble, <laughs> and so everybody was thinking, you know, she, you know, they have another relationship with somebody being a nun. Now she's pregnant. Now she, everybody's accusing to her, you didn't do a good job, that's why. And what happened, uh, the, all the Buddhist nuns, um, I'm glad Bikuni is not here, <laughs> and so <laughs> they kick her out from the monastery. And so now she's wandering around. Now she's a pregnant, still she's a Buddhist nun, she's wandering around, helpless. And so finally she was thinking, I go and meet the Buddha. So I'm going to tell Buddha what happened so he will understand my story. Now uh, she met the Buddha. Buddha realized she's, you know, she's pure. And, but, you know, he doesn't want to accept everything the way it was uh, because the society is really influenced. What Buddha did, he made the board, right, like a committee. So, you know, the couple of uh, very experienced women in the society 
and um, and also one of the wealthy men and a big supporter to the Buddha. And, you know, like three, five people make the committee and make the investigation about it. So after investigation, she, you know, the, everybody proved she, because of her previous um, relationship, because of the husband, she's pregnant. And so now anyway, she can still stay in the order as a Buddhist nun. Now she's practicing as a Buddhist nun. Now she's a mother and pregnant. And so after a few months later, she gave a birth to the beautiful boy. One day, you know, the king walking by the monastery, and he heard the baby is crying inside the monastery, in the, at the temple, right? And so then somebody, you know, heard the baby is crying, you know, every day at the monk's residence, <laughs> walking by. You are kind of thinking, what is there's a baby there, <laughs> something going on, right? And so the king was thinking, how come, you know, I never heard the baby is crying all the time at the temple, so I want to go and check. So then they, he found that this Buddhist nun gave a birth, and that's why they have a baby. So then uh, now she's a Buddhist nun, she has to have a baby, now she cannot do two things together and they raise a baby, it's a big job. As a mother, you know how difficult to raise a baby. And then um, king said, okay, give the baby to me, I will raise him. Then mother, the Buddhist nun, she doesn't want to give the baby. Because she's the mother, she's so sad. But then she was thinking, you know, I have to give the baby because I have to practice. Then king will taking care of the baby. So now, even she doesn't like it, she gave the baby to the king. Now king is raising the baby. Now he's a prince, right? And he's at the palace. He's, you know, now after 20 years, now 20 years later, now this young man, uh, his, you know, his karmic journey also very powerful. He's very spiritual. And what happened? He left palace. He also become a Buddhist nun, a Buddhist monk. So, after he become a Buddhist monk and he's practicing himself, but mother, still she's at pain. Even she was practicing as a mother, you know, as a Buddhist nun. It was so difficult Still, she's worrying and thinking about the sun. Last 20 years, she didn't see the sun. But she didn't do a good job as a Buddhist monk and, you know, Buddhist nun. And so she's worrying, always thinking about my son, how he's doing. I know he's safe at the palace, but she's so sad. So anyway, monk uh, became a Buddhist, na- a Buddhist monk. And so finally, he attained to the enlightenment. So one day, this uh, Buddhist nun, the mother, she is uh, collecting arm. That means uh, the Buddhist monks and nuns go to house to house in the Buddhist countries and collecting food. Then she saw another monk walking and collecting arms and food also. As a mother, she felt, that's my son. That's my son. That's the connection with the mother and the son and the child. You know, then she felt, that's my son. I'm really sure that's my son. Then what she did, she threw the, you know, the ball and she's not worrying about the food and crying. And my son, please stay. I want to give you a hug. I miss you so much. Now this Buddhist nun running behind this monk. Then monk turned and realized, because she's a, he's an enlightened being now, and... She, he was looking at the mother and said, how many years now you are practicing as a nun? Still you couldn't 
take the attachment from your heart, go away and practice. That's what son said. Then it was a kind of shot for the mother. Then she was thinking, oh my God, last 20 years I was worrying about this man and I'm thinking about him, I cry for him, I was worried for him, he doesn't have any attention for me. I'm going away from him, I have to take care of myself, my life, and so I want to practice. Finally she left and focused and finally she attained the enlightenment. Now, mother and uh, the son both attend to the enlightened monks and nun, and that's the story. So I, you know, the yesterday I was doing a workshop in Grace Lake, and uh, so when we have a discussion, um, so we were talking about the attachment. So one mother, she has three children, a uh, young mother, and she said, Bhante, I'm always, even I know my children are safe, but when they go out, I'm always worrying. All the mothers, they have that kind of uh, scary feeling. When, you know, the, maybe you, or you raised uh, children and you had that kind of feeling. Mothers, please. Right? Always, right? Always you are worrying and sad. Oh my God, something happened to them. Or, you know, now, you know, it's, you know I really experienced with my mother too. Now I'm over 40 now, right? You know, I'm going to you know, 47, 48 actually. And so, now still, uh, my mother still worrying about me. And she's thinking, or oh, did he eat? And, you know, always she's worrying. So, I realized that's the nature of the mothers. You know, they have the, I think, big attachment. And so, I'm not, you know, the criticizing it. Uh, as a mother, I think it's a really challenging uh, experience. So then she asked me, when I'm worrying about my children, what I have to do? What I have to do? I said, nothing. <laughs> you know, you, you, you don't have anything to do. Uh, then I said, I can give you a long sermon about it. As a mother, it is a challenging. It is a challenging. Then I said, only thing, if you want to do something, being worrying, you don't help yourself. You don't help your children. What you have to do when you are worrying about your children, practice loving kindness, bring good, you know, the thoughts to yourself, send good wishes to them. Then you feel good, you are doing something wonderful for them. Otherwise, worrying about them, it doesn't help. So anyway, what I really want to give you uh, this morning, the message, attachment. Attachment. I'm not asking, don't worry about the story too much. And I'm not asking, you know, detach from your children. You know, you have to work on it because that's not my responsibility. And my, uh, so, but anyway, so we are attached. So we are attaching to what? What are the things you are attached in your life? Especially, number one, who? People. People in your life. It's a, that's the biggest attachment we have. What else? Animals, okay, your babies, you know, the, your pets, right? And animals, okay. I can see it a lot here, okay. Anything? Homes. Hmm? Homes. homes, yes, attached to homes. Anything? Huh? Ourselves. Ourselves, okay, yes, okay. Finances. Finances. Past. Past, okay, okay. Okay, what else? Hmm? Okay, homes. How about some ideas? 
yes, some ideas, experience, and concepts. Uh, blue lotus, <laughs> monks <laughs> or nuns, or you know, you know, I can see that. So we are. So, how do you feel when you attach? How do you feel? Happy? Feel great? Just have a con- let's build a conversation. How do you feel when you attach to something? Dependent, okay? Connected. Connected from how? Right, okay, 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 okay. Dependent, I like that, okay. Anything? Huh? Supportive, okay. Huh? Okay, okay. So, when I feel attached to something, this is what I feel. I feel tension. Right? I feel stuck. I feel like a prisoner. I feel I'm in a cage. And I feel I'm going to blast my head, or right? something like that. That's how I feel when I'm attached to something. So, I feel, you know, the, I think the attachment brings you more suffering. Right? More suffering and more pain. I really know people, when you hear the word suffering, sometimes people don't like it in the Western world. That's the, what is the good word you can explain in your language? When you're going through some, you know, the attachment. Anxieties. Anxieties. Okay. Anything? I think yeah. Okay. So, that's right. Then, definitely, when we have attachment... Next to attachment, we have expectations. When our expectation never come, you know, the, to reality, so then we feel disappointed, we feel angry, we feel sad. So, last night that conversation, um, somebody asked how we are going to eliminate this attachment. How we are going to eliminate this attachment, take this attachment out, you know, how we are going to do it. You have any plan, any thoughts about it? So, the Buddha said, if you have any difficulties or problems in your mind, what you have to do first? You have to recognize, I have it, I have this problem. Then second, after you recognize there is an issue, then what? Look for the cause or the root. Now, the beautiful two words came in this discussion. One is attachment, other one is expectation. So now we have attachment and expectation. What is the root for that? Our thoughts. Okay. Yes, Bill, great. <laughs> so, the, you know, the root is ego. Ego is the root. We are believing something not exist. That's the ego. We are believing something not exist. Around that, we build our life. So, then Buddha said, everything is delusion. Everything is delusion. Don't feel sad about this. Right? So, this is a kind of eye-opening experience. So, if you really understand, you know, the ego is the root, forget about the attachment and expectation. 
work on ego. Work on ego. So, my life, you know, when I turn into my spiritual journey, I can see, you know, the day by day, I feel I'm getting better. And because I try to take my ego out, little by little, day by day, moment by moment. So, when I take that, you know, the, I know that digging to that root is really hard. It is now 35 years being a monk, I'm digging those roots. Still, I didn't take all root out. That means, I don't know, maybe this lifetime we can do it or not. But I think maybe you have sometime, maybe you have more than power, more than me. Maybe you can do it, but I can't do it yet. But don't feel disappointed about yourself. And maybe you can do a better job. I'm another human being. I'm trying last 35 years. But I can see every day when I'm working on that, getting better. Getting better. So, we add so many information to these roots to grow. Not, the, not just one lifetime. Thousands of millions of lifetimes we, you know, they put the energy to these roots to make it bigger and larger. Now it is very deep inside. Taking out is lots of work. That means lots of meditation practice you have to do. So now you can see the for our attachment is the problem is our ego. To take out ego, what we have to do? Yes, Julie. Mm-hmm. Yes. There are Right, exactly. So, and also, then so many beautiful things happen after that. This is something wonderful. Then I can feel when you really practice that joy, contentment will come to our life. So, exactly what you said, I totally understand. Very difficult to even put into the words that experience. So, when you do that, we feel so joyful, light, and content. And also, you are enjoying the each moment in your life. When you are in really attached to something, that's why I said tension, you cannot enjoy. So I realize, you know, I'm very honest, you know, I'm always telling my experience. So when I'm really attached to my ideas and concept at the Blue Lotus Temple, right, because I'm the creator and the founder, uh, you know, maybe I have a big head about it, um, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on it, you know. <laughs> and so... Um, so when I have those ideas and concepts about it, I can see the tension in my head. I can see the tension in my head. The good thing to take out this ego, usually, and awareness is the method. Awareness or mindfulness or whatever, introspective awareness. Uh, that's what I really like to say, introspective awareness. So when I see that tension in my head, what I have to do, I have to go inward. I have to go inward. So, so think about when I come to the temple, if I see things, the, if I don't see things, you know, the way I want, you know, all this is happen. <laughs> so then I can see the tension, you know, the tension come to my head. So then what I'm doing right away, 
I totally go inward and see it. But still I ad- address the issue, whatever going on, but I'm mindful about what is happening in my head. So otherwise, I can be a prisoner working hard in this place many years, last 15 years working so hard to make this beautiful place, I can become a prisoner here at the Blue Lotus Temple. I don't want to do that. I think you can become the prisoner in your own life, whatever you created in your life. So that way I realize if I come to that kind of mindset with my ego, my expectation, you know, then I, become, I cannot enjoy this. I cannot enjoy this. So when I'm really aware about that, I always enjoying it. I can easily let go. Still, I can address the issue, as you said, moment to moment, I'm enjoying it. So the beauty of this experience, no need to give up anything or anybody. Only thing, you have to change the way you are thinking. So now in the Western um, uh, Western philosophy or you know the psychology, always uh, people call cognitive behavioral therapy, right? That's what the people use the word. That's the that's what Buddha said. We have to change our thinking method, you know, the way of thinking. So the so then yesterday somebody asked um, when this was a wonderful discussion. So many people were there last night. Um, so about the attachment, um, somebody, then I said the only, you know, the way to eliminate the, this problem, practicing mindfulness. Then somebody, that's the only way? <laughs> somebody, I said, guarantee that's the only way. I said, that's the only way. I'm asking you or challenging you, if you find something else, please come to me and tell me. Definitely, I will bow to you. I become your student. You are my students, and you know, <laughs> and so I become your students. And so, you know, I accept you as my teacher. And so, just challenge it. I don't find anything else. Last thirty-five years practicing as a monk, being in mindfulness is the only way to our happiness and contentment. To address that issue. So, any any other question and comments about this attachment? It's a big you know, the title and topic to talk. Yes. So, and, and the other good thing I experienced with a couple of people who, people who are really practicing this kind of uh, mindfulness practice, they are very successful people and very productive people. And also, I can say they are really enjoying life. They are really enjoying life. That's a beautiful thing. So, people think when I'm practicing mindfulness, as you said, oh, it's so boring. It is not. It is not boring at all. It is joyful. And... So you can have a vacation, you can buy a new car if you want, you know, enjoy life. So otherwise, what will happen? Whatever you have, you cannot enjoy it because you are in tension, you are sad, you are upset and angry. So all those things just sitting there, finally you will die. (laughs) You know, hurry up. (laughs) Hurry up and, you know, have fun. 
And so I'm always thinking, you know, that's my, you know, the quote and, you know, saying, hurry up, have fun. You know, who knows what will happen tomorrow? Right? So bring more mindfulness. And I know it is a long process, though. So don't be hurry. Take your time. Slowly is holy. Okay? <laughs> Slowly is holy. Any other questions? Comments? Okay. I cannot hear you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now think about the, this ego, how many things coming around that. Everything is there. Everything is there. Yeah. Anything? I saw something. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. So, you know, this is, you know, I really like that. You know, sometimes people feel it, right? Like that way. And so, sometimes people call giving, okay? People giving. So, I have, you know, the jacket, right? I'm, you know, we call the dana, you know, the generosity and practicing giving. I'm giving it. I'm donating it. So, why I'm donating it, I don't want it. So, but I think, personally, I believe I'm not donating it. I really attach to something, that's the one I have to donate. Otherwise, I'm giving something I don't want. So that means cleaning your closet or something like that. Then you cannot say, I'm so generous because I'm cleaning my closet. and give. So that's something good activity too. If you really attach to something, give that one. Then you can see how you are dealing with that. Other, you know, later sometimes people feel, oh, why I give it? Why I gave it, right? And also, when you are giving, don't do it, you know, the, you know, the without mindfulness. Give whatever you can. Don't, you know, I am practicing giving. That doesn't mean you have to give everything. So that's not right either. So you have to be mindful about it. <laughs> Anything else? Yes. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. I think the best thing you can be become a good, noble friend to her. And so become a good friend to her. Give, you know, give some ideas and you know thoughts and suggestions. That's totally up to her. Right? It's totally up to her. I think in that case, Americans are very good to focus on that kind of situation, but Eastern people are not like that. It's very hard on the children. <laughs> and however, parents will win, <laughs> finally. But <laughs> and so, that, you know, that's our cultures. Um, so, you know, you know, always we go to the extremes. Sometimes here I can see so much freedom. Oh, do whatever you want. That's not right either. 
And so we have to bring the balance. So what I'm you know, trying here at the Blue Lotus Temple, get this Eastern and Western wisdom, bring it to the, the middle path and balance it, learn from each other. So it's, you know, there, it's a great experience. I totally understand. Yeah. Anything else? Yes. Yes, you know, in that case, we can say the healthy ego. <laughs> so we have to have it to survive our purpose. And so without that word ego, we cannot live our life here. So you have to have it. So then in that case, you know, it's another long workshop, you know. <laughs> and so the Buddha was talking about the two different truths in this world, you know, two different realities. One is conventional truth, Right? You know, the conventional truth, so now we call the chair, or the body, or the dress. We give the name for our convenience, right? So my body, my robe, you know, the, my temple, my car. So we have to identify each other for our convenience. That is the one reality of ego. So, but other one is understanding there is no such There's no such. If you think about, so now I think my robe, Right? This is my robe. So, I use it, my robe, for, because the Sumana has a robe too. <laughs> and so, because we have to identify, you know, this is my robe, even the same color, because he ha- he's a big man, he has a bigger robe. So <laughs> I am a small, I have smaller robe. So, then we have to identify or differentiate. So, in why I make that name my robe? For my own convenience. But if I am, you know, if I, something happened to my robe, if I am worrying about it, that means another ego. I'm attached to it. So, then Buddha said, that's what we have to eliminate. But still, I can love my robe and I can take care of it. I can wear it. I can fight with someone for it. <laughs> and so, you know, I can do anything for that. So, but still, I have to take that attachment out. So, that's the area we have to understand. So, you know, I can do a whole workshop about ego. <laughs> and one more question. Yes. That's exactly true. And also, the pro- most of the problems we have, because we all have conditioned mind. We all have conditioned mind. My child, my way of doing things, we all are conditioned. So this whole practice, uh, you know, the deconditioned, that's the opposite word, deconditioned, right? Unconditioned? <laughs> unconditioned. So we have to uncondition. That's what we are doing. So when you, or the last thing I want to tell you, when you practice this, then what is the result of this? We become able. Able. What is able mean? That's the first quality of uh, the loving kindness discourse. You know the discourse, Metta Sutra, able or skillful. So able means we become loving, we become gentle, we become compassionate. You know we have unconditional love. So those are the results we get. That's why Buddha called able. You become able. Okay, I think time is passing, you know, this is enough, you know, otherwise, you know, then you have...